All right, so we're here today because we're starting our NBA preview, NBA here in about a week or so. And today on the show, we got Nick Andre. And, you know, right next now how we usually start these shows, I ask a fresh random question. So with Nick being our guest today, I'm going to do that with him. Um, you, uh, you growing up, right? You was a basketball player, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, um, I played kind of just – say it one more time. I said, no, nah, yeah, go, go ahead. What you saying? Oh, what I was saying was, I mean, I, I basically then hooped, um, you know, played uh, JV, obviously, and then made my way up to varsity. So I, I played just about up to um, up to high school. Unfortunately, I probably would have went further, but then, like, my um, – I, 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 I want to say my AAU year going into my senior, I ended up tearing or dislocating my shoulder, and that kind of messed me up. So, you know, unfortunately, I just wasn't able to go after high school. But, but yeah, that's – that's really just a, um, a little story of like you know my basketball journey. No, surely. Um, did you start? Did you start much in high school? I actually did. Yeah. Well, up, up to my senior year because I was. Uh, well, here's the thing. Like, like right after I um, dislocated my shoulder, I was I was out for about at least like a good two to three months. So, you know, I wasn't really able to like really condition with the rest of the team and everything. So. So yeah, I mean, throughout, throughout like most of my uh, my high school years, like my first three years, I pretty much started. But then, uh, but then my senior, year, I ended up come come off the bench. I mean, which honestly, I mean, honestly, I felt a way about it. But then again, I mean, I was I was fine with it. Just because I mean, I knew the circumstances of everything. All right. All right. So with that being said, we've all I think we've all had a game where we like this is our best game. Can you think of the best game you had in your high school career? Like points, rebounds, just just like one game you was out there. You know, you just having a great game. It's probably this one game that stands out, and it's crazy because it's not. It's it's from my freshman year, but it's like it's not. I don't. I, it's like weird because like it's my best game, but then it's not because I had like nearly a triple double. But then I sh- I shot the ball. I don't want to say I shot the ball like I think I shot like four for like eighteen from the field. So I I didn't shoot well at all, but I had like thirteen points. Had like. 12 rebounds and I think I had like seven blocks because I played the big man position in the middle so like it, it was like it, like it was my best game but then again like it wasn't my best game cause, just because I mean I, I, just because I didn't shoot the ball well but I mean we ended up still getting the win and plus it was against a rival team too that kept busting our ass like a few times in the year so going into that game we were like nah 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 we, we about to really get there we about to really get our revenge so so I mean that so I think I think you know just looking at that game that was really a statement game even though it was like a good game and a bad game for me no for sure like, well rounded game yeah. Yeah, for right, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that being said, I'm John W. It's fresh X. And it's the Hoopers Hour on Nothing But Net Radio presented to you by Dash Radio. Nick Andre, you one of the people like I think since we've been on basketball Twitter as the Hoopers, you like one of the first people we kind of connected with. And I gotta say, I really enjoy your writing. Um your past the series was a great one. Honestly, you don't really see that too much, especially, you know, just praising players for what they are and not comparing them. And I think you did that well. How did you actually get into writing? Like, did you always want to be a writer, like post your basketball career? Or is something you just like, let me, you know, give myself, a, let me try something. It, it kind of came gradually from, so one thing, I, one thing I said that, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, whenever we hoop, like, you know, NBA is always a dream. But the one thing that I always said, like, you know, as I got older was that, you know, like, no matter what I do, I like, I just want to be close to the game a certain way. So whether that was playing, whether that was coaching, whether that was, you know, being on the side, or whatever like you know I just always wanted to be like a part of it so I've always enjoyed writing even like you know from like a little kiss you know I used to write like poems stuff like that so right. I can just remember uh one time um, I, I had a friend uh, that I went to college with like he is she had like her own little blog where you know she started like you know writing on like you know pop culture stuff like that and then she honestly she was the one that kind of got me into like really right she was like yo like you should do like right on. 
I was like, all right, cool. Like, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll see how it is. Like, I remember my first article was on uh, LeBron. It was, I ain't gonna lie. Like, it's, it's bad. I don't even want to read it, honestly. I, I don't know. I, mean, I think people still read it from like, it's from like three, four years ago. But I, right. I'll be like, dang, bro, I don't even want to check this out for real. But I mean, you know, just just when you just keep doing something like, you know, on a regular, you know, you just, you, you just end up getting better at it. And, you know, over the past like, few years, I've been able to work with a lot of people and really just like, you know, connect with, you know, y'all. Uh, shout out to everybody else at um, the Off the Ball Network, you know, a whole bunch of like other networks as well that I've been that I've been able to work with. So as you know, as you be able to talk to, you know, other people that, you know, have a certain, like another, like have a different like type of intelligence to the game, it makes you better as well. So I, mean, I definitely appreciate everybody, all my peers that I've been working with, because it definitely have made me better over the years. Nah, for sure. I know you always want to people. I see like every couple of weeks you saying how you got stuff that you need to finish right that you haven't finished yet. Like, you just uh, finished the Pass the Rosa series, which was a great one. Ah, super you, great one. Yeah, um, that was a dope series. What you got coming up next? So I've, I've really gone into like this creative bag like recently just because, you know, I, I mean, like, you know, because over the last years, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm always writing on like current stuff, though. But, you know, something right. just clicked in me saying like, you know what? I need to just like do something like more creative, something that stands out. So earlier this year, I had the Forgotten Players series. And then I had the HBCU Spotlight. And then, of course, Paths and the Roses. So I'm hoping to finish it by next month. But I'm going to do the second installment of Forgotten Players Part Two, and that's going to feature a lot of really great players that I feel like are really forgotten. I mean, at least at least compared to Part One, because I mean, even in Part One, you know, I, I did some players that you know you kind of remember, like Marcus Canby or um, Sidney Moncrief. I mean, I mean, those to like to like to regular like NBA fans. I mean, you're gonna remember you're gonna remember those names, but I feel like in this year, I'm gonna have like a lot of names that you know that stand out and be like, oh damn, like I I, I ain't thought about him in a minute. So that's what I'm hoping to get finished. I mean, well, I'm, I'm basically in finished, but it's all about you know organizing everything, getting everything completed. So I'm hoping by next month that I can get that completed. Nah, sure. And like I said, I, like that's one of the things I appreciate because you know I know how we try to do it the Hoopers room. We try to bring up players that you might know, you know, the regular fan might think of, but it's like some of these mm-hmm. players, like, I wouldn't have thought about him. And I know for you with that Forgotten Player series, you do that real well. Like, it's a real rounded series. You're just not going with the regular names. Mm-hmm. Like, you can really go on with the average name. Nah, definitely. You might know, but the average fan still might know him. And I know, like, say, with Marcus Camby, where a lot of people might remember him from Denver, um, Houston later in his career, Portland, but I don't think people remember how big of a part he was of that Knicks champ- uh, Nick going to the championship. Especially that's with a uh, hurt that year. That's definitely a fact. And I mean, like, honestly, I mean, it's always good to give flowers to like you know a lot of the role players as well. Because I mean, it's, especially you know a lot of those guys that played a pivotal role in winning championships as well. Because I feel like they can also get forgotten. Like you know, even like you know, you watch the Bulls series, like you may forget about guys like Steve Kerr and others, or even. Um, when you watch the Lakers, Shaq and Cole, you may forget about guys like Glenn Robinson and others. Right. So I mean, you know, just for me to like be able to shine a lot on them, I think I think I enjoy that the most. No, for sure. Like I said, that's a good one. And say you the one of the people I look to when it comes to the WNBA is uh you, Daniel Artes and Daniel Artes and K dot K Lou, of course, and WNBA finals today. I want to get into that a little bit. We were talking earlier before we started recording about Diana Tarasi being named, I guess, the GOAT of the WNBA. It was a fan's vote. But I know me and you both were saying that, you know, that's not something that the that the league should give away. I don't know how fresh feel about that. You kind of think that's something that the league should let fans have their opinions on, Chris, yeah, real quick. Yeah, because I saw I saw that and I thought it was kind of weird to to name her the the GOAT of, of the league. Uh which I I I personally think that she's the GOAT of the WNBA for different reasons. Not that she's the GOAT women's basketball player, but GOAT of the WNBA. But it's just it's weird for the league to that's like if the, the NBA came out, I was like, all right, LeBron, you're the GOAT of the league, or even Jordan or whatever. Right. I, I think. 
that should be left up to like the fans. No, for sure. You kind of you kind of on that same page though, right? Like let that be a fan discussion and not something that the WNBA submits. That's kind of permanent when you get there. No, nah, no nah, facts. I, honestly, I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I get it. I get what the WNBA was doing. I mean, it, it is the 25th um, season for them. So I definitely understand, you know, they wanted to do something to possibly get fans engaged and everything, but mm-hmm. I do agree. I, th- I think they just definitely need, need, to leave, need to leave that to the people. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, you know, wh- whoever they would have choose, like it's going to spark controversy as well. So, I mean, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, like we've never seen the NBA have a poll, like who's the GOAT between LeBron, MJ or, Kareem or whoever. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, because at, at the end of the day, I mean, that's that's an ongoing topic that's just never going to end because at the end of the day, everybody has their own opinion. So, I just feel like, I mean, look, I mean, I, I love Diana Taurasi. I think she's one of the greats. Now, it should it go? Now, I mean, that is debatable when you got other players like, you know, Maya Moore, Lisa Leslie, or even Candace Parker, or, I mean, or even like a few others. But, I mean, but then again, I mean, I, I am one of those people that believe that, you know, you, you just got to leave that to the people and just allow them to just keep having these ongoing debates every day. Yeah, and I get them building the buzz. It's kind of like in, in a sense, a little bit like the NBA in their uh, 50th season, doing the top 50 players of all time, which sparked you know some debate with that. Also, um, I think it would have. I think it would have been. I know a few years ago they did like their WNBA legends. Uh, I can't remember how many seasons ago it was, but they did. I think it was the top 15 or 20 players. But I would have liked if they just did like a 20. You know, acknowledge the, the great players and the history for their 25th season. So uh, that's something I thought would have been cool that they could do. But you know, I guess she's kind of trying to live up to it right now since she's playing in the finals. <laughs> exactly. And I and, and I think one of y'all even mentioned it earlier. It's like you know what I'm saying like 20. 20, 25 years from now, it's like, you know, let's say, for instance, somebody else comes about, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so are, are they going to take that? Are they, are they just going to revoke that from Diana or are they going to give right. it to somebody else? <laughs> right. you know I mean? like, it's just crazy to me because, I mean, in my opinion, Brianna Stewart, in my opinion, like in the next, like, possible decade or so, I feel like she might be the GOAT. No, That's yeah, a fact. Right. With, with consistent health, yeah, she can definitely get it out. And Brianna, she's one of those players I do like because I'm a UConn fan first and foremost. So when I'm paying attention, I definitely pay attention to those players first. But I love what a game is that right now. Honestly, I know the last two, three years has been a debate about, you know, how can we make the game? bigger how can they get more fan interaction like i think guys like you just the names i did i know consistently you like say daniel artis and will with, and uh not will but uh k k lou with their wma podcast y'all definitely are some of the ones that's keeping it up there and making sure people respect everybody in the game and not just the individual players which i think the wma is a few years from getting that right to where it's about the teams and players and not just about the players you see right now but the final started today um sunday uh, was Chicago got the win or was it Phoenix? Chicago. Chicago it was Chicago. And I feel like this is one of those finals that could set Candace Parker up to where she could also have one of those GOAT conversations, being that GOAT conversation. Um, like I say, Phoenix, Chicago's been good, real good. This is Candace Parker's first year there. What do you think they have to do to keep, you know, to win this finals real quick? I think they got to continue to uh, dominate the uh, inside and dominate the rebounds. Because honestly, I mean, I don't know if y'all watched the last series against uh, Connecticut, but like one of the big reasons why they ended up beating the Connecticut Sun was because they dominated the boards. So they got, you know, obviously Candace Parker, they got Azure Stevens and Stephanie Dolson, like, you know, being able to don- dominate underneath the, un- underneath the basket. And especially right. when you're going up against um, a Phoenix team that's got a dominant breeding grinder as well. I mean, if you can, if you can, like, you know, Keep her away from the paint and everything, and possibly you know dominate the um the rebounding uh totals. I feel I feel I feel like they definitely have a shot of winning at that. So I, I do expect Phoenix to possibly bounce back in game two, just because I feel like I feel like they're not gonna go down too well, especially especially being on the home floor. But right. I mean, it's kind of like I said. I mean, if Chicago continues to dominate the way that the way that they did in game one, I, I think I think the series will be theirs. 
Were you uh real quick? Were you surprised at this matchup in the finals, Chicago team? Definitely, and it, it's crazy to me because I've had I, I had like so many I had so much like high expectations for Chicago. Of course, you know Candace Parker coming back. They got Kalia Copper. They got Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley, and the rest of them. But they I, honestly, I mean, they really. I want to say they struggle, but they definitely have their inconsistencies like throughout this year. So, for right. them to be in this position, it's like it's, it's like crazy to me. But then again, it was like I I, I kind of pictured it for them, like uh, like kind of like like you know before the season began. So, and then also for Phoenix, honestly, because I mean honestly, I don't know if people remember last year, it was almost close that um, Brittany Grant was going to be traded. So right. yeah, for yeah. her to come back and have a dominant year, then of course you know Scott Diggins Smith, who which is my actual favorite player in the WNBA, for her to have a dominant season, really keeping the team afloat. And then DT being able to come back healthy and be just you know being able to dominate the playoffs, I think I think that's definitely um I think I think that's definitely a phenomenal for Phoenix. So they do have some injuries on them, so that that may that may possibly hurt them in this finals. But for them to be able to get back to the WNBA finals and you know for for those three core players to really dominate the way that they have, I think it's just remarkable. No, surely, and uh, just think WNBA Phoenix had a real tough series with Las Vegas Aces, who's looking like they're going to be a really good team for a really long time, especially with players like Kelsey Plummer coming off the bench with the. Uh, Six woman of the year. Then you got players like um, Asia Wilson, who we all know is going to be a definite mainstay as a superstar for years to come. And yeah, then you last have, season MVP. And right, then you got Liz mm-hmm. Hammer as well. But it feel like they get to these moments and they're not necessarily all the way ready for. We've seen Brittany Ryan, like I say, dominate Liz for the most part in that series. What is the? What do you think the Las Vegas Aces are missing to kind of keep themselves in that championship contender? I saw. I saw Liz was driving you crazy that last. <laughs> oh no, it did. Oh, she was. Oh my god, bro. But I mean, the, the thing about it is that even though I, I, I was mad at Liz, but I mean, a part of me got to remember. I mean, she was still. I mean, she had like just came off of COVID too, so she wasn't really one hundred percent herself. But it's kind of tough to really see like what's wrong with this Vegas team because here is the thing: like they got so many offensive weapons, and then on top of that, they could turn it up on defense as well. But it's all about whether this team can stay engaged for, like the entire game because if you, I mean if you remember that game four they dominated that third quarter I think they only held Phoenix to like 10 points in that third quarter so mm-hmm. when they're when they're focused and engaged they can be like the most dominant team especially led by Asia Wilson um Kelsey Blum Kelsey Plum you mentioned um Chelsea Gray uh Jackie Williams Raquana um yeah like so you know what I'm saying so all, offensively like Vegas is up there, at least, at least like as far as like you know one of the best teams in the W. But it's all about whether they can stay engaged. Because honestly, I mean, I've, I've watched them throughout the season. Like you know, what I'm saying they, they'll have their moments where they're dominating, and then they'll have the stretches where they take their foot off the gas, and then you know, next thing you know, they let teams come on a run and then end up making a um, comeback. So going into this, going into this next season, I don't know, what's, I don't know what's next for them. I don't know. I mean, I, I did hear that there might be some possible trades with um with Liz, maybe. Or possibly even like you know some other trades with other people as well, or maybe even maybe even a new coach. But honestly, I mean, the, looking at this Vegas team, how good they are, I feel like they have no time to waste. I mean, Asia Wilson, I mean, she's still relatively young, so you know she's she's still gonna be an MVP candidate for years to come. But you know, say it's really all about building a team around her that she can continue to dominate and really possibly win a championship. Win a championship. So I think Vegas got a lot of answer to um to um, I think Vegas has a lot of questions to answer. You know, going into this offseason. No, for sure. I definitely like it. Like I said, Asia is one of those players I've, you know, since I've been watching her, she's definitely one of my favorite players. I don't know. It's something about left-handed players anyway. Those are always one of my favorite players. But, out of South Carolina. Yeah, out of yep. South Carolina. Can't forget that. But like I said, this has been a great season for the WNBA. I think they figured out a few ways to get fan engagement up and get fans into the crowd. I know we always like to, me and Fresh like to shoot around ideas. You know, we could talk to them and we could suggest some things. Do you have any suggestions like – do you think that'll help the WMA as far as just getting those fans in the game and keeping, you know, fans watching the games on TV? 
Um, honestly, just keep going at the pace that they're going. Because I think over the last like three or four years, I think maybe you know social media has played a, a big role in them possibly growing. And then also, I mean, I feel like a lot of these players today just got way more talent. Honestly, I mean, yeah, no. No disrespect to you know the, to all the to all the players that came before, but you know when you got players like John Paul Jones, um, Asia Wilson, um, who else is up there? Obviously, Candace Parker is up there. Um, you know, and the rest of them. Like I think talent wise, they just have like a lot more um, players that can really like you know dominate. So I think I think the W's in going in a good position going forward. They they just got to continue to just you know keep going forward. So I, I had an idea of what I think could help the WNBA. I want you to know, tell me this is good, bad, or terrible. Either way, it's all good. I think something that will help the WNBA is kind of mirroring. I know they don't play the same amount of games, but mirroring the NBA season. I, I heard Lisa Leslie talk once about how playing during the summer was so weird because throughout their lives, I mean, we play basketball, the girls uh, in high school, college, they play during the same time. The NBA is kind of on a different schedule. I think playing during the season with the NBA could help play on some like some TV matchups and TV games and things like that. How good, bad, or terrible of an idea you think would be to kind of shift the schedule to a wintertime schedule? I see your idea, but I, I don't think the W will be able to go with it because, I mean, at the end of the day, the NBA is still obviously a bigger a bigger league. So yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think, I think that, you know, the commissioners and everything, I think that they're afraid to really like try to possibly like intertwine with like, with the NBA. So like, you know, for instance, like let's say we have a TNT, we have a TNT Thursday game with, uh, who are the top teams, uh, Milwaukee and the Lakers, or you could watch, um, in the WNB, the sky and the Mercury, like which one, which, which one is the majority of people going to pick? So it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I definitely like the idea of, um, having it in the summertime, I, even though it is kind of weird to me, I, def- I definitely agree that, you know, it is kind of weird having it like during the summertime, but I just feel like, you know, with the W, I don't feel like they want to intertwine with the NBA and possibly like, cause I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like, I, I definitely feel like, you know, it, I think that they think that it'll possibly hurt them and their ratings. So I think, I think that's why they kind of go like once the NBA is kind of like, you know, going towards the end of the playoffs and into the summertime. Yeah, give them a chance to stand on their own. Definitely, agree. I definitely feel what you're saying from that. So, just something I've thought about before, but I definitely 100% get, get what you're saying. I think it should be like a double hell situation. Like, yeah, I like that idea too. But I get what you're saying. No, I get what, as yeah. far as you know, they you know they they're building their own entity. Yeah. You know, obviously yeah. they're connected to the NBA. But now, in my in my opinion. I would love to see the W possibly extend more games, like possibly. I, I wouldn't say maybe like eighty-two, that. but at least at least seventy or so. Seventy yeah. rounds, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely more games, a couple more rounds in the playoffs. With all that comes with team expansion and just keep growing the league. But no, nah, yeah, I definitely agree with. I definitely agree with that as well. Do uh, well, uh, one more quick. I know you about to switch it up, but do you think WNBA team expansion is not in the next year or so? But do you think it's coming soon? I think so. I think I think it definitely needs to happen because I mean, honestly, I mean, honestly, like when you think about it, like. There's a lot of talent that don't make the W, honestly, only because, I mean, there's only, like, a certain amount of roster. Like, even, like, this past year, like, you had a dominant player from Oklahoma State, Natasha Mack, who ended up getting drafted, but she didn't really see a lot – or she didn't really get a roster spot just because, you know, there's only limited roster spaces on each team. So, you know, I feel like that definitely needs to happen. And plus, I think I think it'll bring more money, more revenue. So I'm, I'm definitely into seeing it. I don't, I don't know when it'll happen. I'm hoping within the next, like, three to four years. But considering that, you know, the league is continuing to grow, like, year in and year out, I think it'll happen really soon. No, no, yeah, for sure. Like I said, I know beginning of the season, it was like a lot of players getting waived. That was like these can be contributors on teams because exactly they don't have, they don't have the roster space for that. But it definitely expansion will definitely be coming in the next few years as far as roster space and just they got you know, to they need they, they they need to put a team back in 
honestly, they need to put a team back in Charlotte, Houston, yeah, Houston. Charlotte. like you know. So I think I think they have one. Yeah, they definitely have one in Miami as well. So I mean, I think I think you know, I think if you can build some um, some WNBA, so WNBA teams in like certain markets, like Miami and others, I think I think that would definitely help the league. Dang, I've never thought about Miami. Miami does not have a team, and I do think that they would flourish with a team. Oh yeah, definitely. They did have a team like earlier. It was the uh, Miami Soul, but I, I don't I don't know what yeah, happened with the team. I, I think they only last like three or four years. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember them. That was one of the teams. Them, uh, like you said, Charlotte earlier, Houston. Uh, I remember Cleveland's team. I remember Cleveland's team kind of folded when LeBron came, and I remember just how tough that was or whatever. But yeah, I think expansion is coming soon. Right, this is the last WNBA question because we we'll stay here forever. But I know you've heard. The recent, I know you've heard about what happened with the um, Atlanta Dream players. I know you've seen the video. I think most, most for the most part, everybody's seen it. The Dream are in a real tough situation right now. Whereas I remember when the Dream first got started, and mm-hmm. Angel McCautry had them in the championship damn mm-hmm. near every year. Yep, and, that's a fact. You know, I know Renee Montgomery is gonna try to do what she can, especially after they got the last owner out of there who should have gotten out. She should have gotten out of there. Yep. But if you're in that position as one of the front office members of the Atlanta Dream, after the video come out, what's your next step of action? Because like we see, they are they're not fighting each other. They are fighting, uh, you know, a, you know they they say they call them self defense. Honestly, from the video, it's still no way to tell who threw the first punches. But if you were not necessarily in Renee Montgomery shoes, but if you were somebody in the front office shoes, what's your decision making now? Because y'all have already said what y'all said earlier in the season about the situation. Y'all did what y'all did. Do you come back and now is more punishment or is right. like we've already punished them? What can we do now? Well, I think they've already like you know took a stand, basically saying that uh, both of those players. Um, Courtney Williams and I think I can't remember who the other girl is, but I think I think I think they came out and said that 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 they're not going to resign them. So I think that's definitely one step. But it's it's tough though because you know it, it did happen like earlier in the season. But the thing about it is that I don't know if like the Dream Front Office knew about it or not. I mean, I, I did I did hear reports that they knew about it and they just kind of hit it under the bus. But then it got did, but then again, I heard reports that you know they kind of figured out when everybody else figured out. But it's tough though because Atlanta's had a pretty tough year as a whole. You know, what I'm saying like they they suspended Kennedy Carter, which I don't really understand like why why that happened. And now, of course, you know they have the um, whole Courtney Williams situation. So Atlanta's kind of in a um, in a tough situation. So I don't know where they'll go from here, but. I think now a priority is definitely, um, definitely bringing back Kennedy Carter now. Honestly, because I feel like, I feel like she is your franchise point guard. I feel like they can't really go anywhere further without her, unless they want to start Erie McDonald and let her run the have uh, run the keys and everything. But I don't know. It's it's kind of tough. I mean, Atlanta's Atlanta's has been in a really tough situation really since um, Angel McCautry had left. Yeah, nah, that's facts. No, like I said, it was just a weird situation. It's some, you know, it happens in life, but when it's time for it to happen in professional sports with professional athletes, it's a whole nother thinking of what's going to happen in that. But like you said, they aren't going to sign them back. I know that they, uh, Courtney Williams and the other player, they share agents, and he basically said this is just going under the bus because they already knew. But it's like, it's just a weird situation for the team and the players. Like saying, the Dream are looking for some stability, honestly. They really haven't had as a, you know, over the last couple of years as far as being a playoff team again. And I that's didn't realize okay. that it was earlier in the season, so that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, because I've I've heard like so many reports, so I don't really even like know what to go off. Because I mean, there there was a report that there was a report that said that the Atlanta Dreams front office they knew about the situation, but they kind of threw threw another buzz. And then there was another report saying that you know that they were surprised when they found out about a few weeks ago. So it's like I don't really know what story <laughs> to really go with. So 
if it is true that they kind of just threw it under the bus, I think that I think it's messed up. But then again, it's like you know, I, I don't really know like the actual like true sources. No, for sure, no. Yeah, like yeah, I seen the same thing saying you know when they saw the video that was their first time seeing the actual altercation, but they had you know heard it was self defense. But like I said, they got some they got some decisions to make and some things to figure out and now here in Atlanta and hopefully they get it done because we can't just have the Hawks being good. It would be nice to have. Like when the dream of going to the championship, the Hawks weren't. Now the Hawks are. Nah, bro. Like if if you have if you have Trey Young dominating with the Hawks and Kennedy Carter dominating with the Dream, it's, it's so cool. Atlanta is gonna be on fire, bro. Oh, surely. Yep, definitely agree. Nah. And like I said, just speaking of the Atlanta Hawks and getting into the um, NBA real quick, we seen them go to the Eastern Conference Finals against you know. You know, New York was the Knicks last year. They were still trying to figure out. They were kind of in the same position as the Hawks. Philly was, you know, Philly was Philly. They kind of broke down at the end. You know, Embiid was hurt. Ben Simmons was Ben Simmons. Uh, What do you think the Hawks need to do to capitalize on that success they had last year? I just think they need to just, you know, ride the momentum. Because, I mean, in my, in my opinion, I feel like, you know, I mean, we get it. Atlanta's still a very young team. So, you know, the I mean, the, the pressure is still there. You know, will they be able to make another uh, conference finals appearance? I'm not sure about that. But you got to give credit to, you know, Nate McMillan. Because, honestly, I mean, I, I definitely love the, um, the addition. I, I didn't I didn't like seeing Lloyd Pierce go. But when they signed Nate McMillan, I was like, okay, okay, okay. I mean, the, the franchise is definitely in good hands. And we saw that for the most part. I mean, Trey Young was definitely a monster in the playoffs. Um, I'm really interested this year to see – the production of both um, DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish because I mean both both of them both of them missed a good portion of last year and I feel like if they would have been healthy throughout like most of last year, honestly you you really don't know where this team could have went. So you know obviously Trey Young's um, Trey Young's going to continue to you know run the run everything. I mean then of course you know you got John Collins coming back, um, Clint Capella, um, Akongwu, you know and the rest of those guys. Well, oh yeah, Bogdanovich as well, Kevin Herter. So the Atlanta as a team I think is going to be pretty solid. In my opinion, they're going to be the number three seed in the East this year if they're healthy, if everything goes well for them and I just think that they're going to continue to ride the momentum from last year. No, sure. I think Fresh had them at number three, two or somewhere at that top four. Yeah, because I can see them finishing because we all know during the regular season a good team like the Hawks that, you know, the Atlanta's going to be pretty deep this year. The uh, mm-hmm. one of their issues I feel like is going to be trying to figure out what's the rotation, um, especially if some of these rookies step up because I think Jalen Johnson is going to play. Oh, yeah. So he's on a two-way deal right now, but I don't think he's going to he, – he's looked really good this preseason. But he's mm-hmm. such a high IQ player. I, I can't really see him spending a lot of time in, in the G League, and I think he's already – There's no way. Play, so I, I, I can see Skyler in the G League more, but I think uh, – DeLon Wright is going to be the backup. But I can see Sharif getting a lot of – like, he's such a – his passing and stuff like that. He, he's a high IQ player. So, um, I, I see them as a three right now uh, if they just stay consistent. Um, that, that chemistry meshes well. And then Nate is a really good regular season coach. And young teams like the Hawks, we've seen them do well in the regular season because they're every game matters to them. Yep. Trying to get home court. It's gonna matter. Yeah, sure. So you could, I could easily see them winning 50, 55 games just off of, you know, the season matters to them and trying to take that next step. The better teams have already, you know, the Bucks have gotten home court. The Nets, Philly, they've gotten home court. They got older players, mm-hmm. which I think the Nets are gonna try and win as many games as possible. But you know, you can catch the older team slipping a little bit because regular season they just trying to make the playoffs or make it to the playoffs. No, that's a fact. So like, it's tough for me because 
is like I think I think Sharif should definitely be like the um this the um the point guard of the second unit right behind Trey Young. But I feel like you know, I feel like maybe the inexperience that he has may possibly like push him back. So I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. Like I don't I don't see him being a G League player. I, I just feel like he's too good for that, in my opinion. Um, so I mean, honestly, like it would be smart if Nate really has him like really run the office for the second unit because I mean, honestly, like he has one of the best IQs. Among among this rookie class, if you ask me, so I feel like you know, because I mean, hell, we've already seen that connection with him and uh, John Collins when he uh, when, when he finished with that alley oop. So that just goes to show you that you know, if he's able to really run the offense while Trey Young is not in the game, or or hell, or you could put them both, or you could put them both together in the um, in the office if you wanted to. If but I mean, I, I feel like I feel like Sharif will um, will play a will play a big role with the team if he gets some minutes. Nah, yeah, I definitely agree with they that. They did that a little bit at the open practice. Uh, we went to the Hawks open practice about a week and a half ago, and they had Sharif and Trey out there a little bit together. Hot take. I personally think Sharif's already one of the 10 best passers in the NBA. He and can I, really pass the I ball. And I did see a tweet from Nick. I think it was about a week or two ago he did say Sharif was going to be a starter in this league. Oh, definitely. He's going to be a starter. The, the biggest thing is staying patient and not rushing to take any – job you know what i mean right. so right. i definitely could see sharif uh doing that's that. my thing but because here's the thing like if if you watched him at auburn this last year and you watched that he was running the offense like you cannot tell me that like this guy cannot be like a starting point guard for like a championship franchise at least within like the next like four to five years i i, I just i just can't see him like seeing like being like a second unit point guard for like a for like you know the majority of his career no i definitely agree with that. yeah i think he was almost nine assists a game at auburn no, yeah. and it's hard to lead college and assist and right like um he was the first player since Trey Young to actually go 20 points and eight assists in college. So just even have that connection there, you know that what the upside could be if you're just looking at it from that standpoint, honestly. Yep, exactly. And I mean, and it, and it's, it's crazy for me. It's crazy for me because I mean, I see people, you know, being concerned with the jump shot and everything. I mean, the jump shot can be a concern, but then again, it can't be for me. I mean, I, I think, I think that's something that he definitely has to improve upon, but it's not, it's not like he really struggles to shoot the ball. I mean, I've seen him knock down shots. Is it on a consistent basis? Not necessarily, but I mean, Sharif can at least knock down shots when needed to. No, for right, sure. Right. So, who do you think? I start with the East coming out of the Eastern Conference. What team can surprise some people this year? And not even necessarily as surprise and make a run, but like how the Knicks surprised us last year, and they were at the top of the East most of the year and stole that home court position. Um, so, who do you think can really make a push to either be really good in the East or just be like, oh, I didn't know they they were going to be as good as they are. <laughs> I think I think Chicago definitely Chicago. I mean, and I mean, look, I might be I might be a little biased just because I mean I've been watching them throughout the preseason. And, you know, I'm just watching you know how they really share the ball really well. But you know, Zach Levine is going to continue to like you know ascend as a, um, an all star in this league. Then you got a veteran guy in Demar Derozan, Lonzo Ball. In my opinion, I, I'm, I'm gonna say it first. I think Lonzo Ball can win Most Improved Player. So mm-hmm. when, when you have like we have all those pieces together, and then I, I, I didn't even, I didn't even mention Vucevic. So I mean, when you have all those pieces together. If they can stay healthy, if they can build team chemistry, because in my opinion, I, I think they will go through the, um, some struggles throughout the year. Just because I mean, I feel like I feel like they're gonna try to get it, try to like you know find a feel for one another as the season comes around. But I feel like if they can possibly get things together, I think I think that they can make a huge run in the East. No, definitely, and I, I really like that Lonzo Ball signing with Chicago. I thought him and Zion was gonna be a good enough pairing to help 
push the Pelicans towards, you know, making Definitely. a play and not the playoffs. But I think when you with a point guard like Lonzo who does look to push the ball up and make that first pass to a score, when you got players like Vucevic in the post, Zach Levine, DeMar on the wings, and like, we can't forget Patrick Williams, Patrick Williams yeah, who I, I think is going to oh, definitely, definitely having a point guard like Lonzo. Like I said, Lonzo definitely has looking like he could have a most improved season this year. And just being that natural point guard that's going to find his players, especially when you got wings as athletic as DeMar DeRozan and uh, Zach Levine. Yeah, and you know what my thing is uh, – um, I feel like I don't have no direct stat for this or no direct <laughs> proof, but players coming off of like the Olympics usually have a career type year. So I really feel like Zach Levine is going to have a big year because you, you've been playing really competitive basketball all summer, opposed mm-hmm. to just working out, doing team workouts. You've been trying to win something. So he's been, he's been in go mode all, all summer. summer. So sure. I think the biggest question with Chicago is because personally, they, do they yeah. yeah. Cause they, they have, when you say on paper, they have one of the better starting fives in the league. And then even having that's Kobe a like, on the bench, that's a really good six man. So it's just figuring out those other players off the bench. Those three other players you're going to need in there. And yeah. now. So you see, that's I want to ask you about Giannis real quick because Giannis, I feel like it's coming off. I said this a couple months ago, um, just about Kobe and um, RP Kobe. I don't think nobody realized that Kobe had one of the, probably one of the best three year runs in NBA history. But Giannis coming off the of finals, finals MVP. Uh, MVP defense player the year before and MVP team base been a top three season in the NBA. Of course, you still got the Kevin Durant, the LeBron James, the Steph Curry's, uh, James Harden, those players you want to throw out there. I know Kawhi for fresh right here. Mm-hmm. But do you think we're getting to a time period where Giannis is throwing his name out there as not just a top five or a top three player? But really being the top three player because we know it was a little premature a few years ago where people tried to rush him to being the best player. But you, you think he's really up there now? I definitely think that going into the season, he is the guy. And uh, I mean, look, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's better than LeBron or KD in my opinion. I just feel like, you know, considering, you know, the playoffs that he had and the finals that he had, I mean, really, really that 50 point game in game six, I yeah. feel like going into this year, I mean, going into this year, he is the guy in my opinion. So I think he's the guy to beat. Um, does Milwaukee repeat this year? I definitely, I definitely think that they got a shot. Even though, even though I do, I do feel like you know they still have like some um, some issues with the team as far as like you know having a having like a true playmaker and everything. But yeah, yeah I mean, honestly, over the past few years, Giannis has shown that you know he is like the guy coming. I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know if you can really say like that you know it's his league, especially you know with LeBron still still around and KD still around and everything, Steph and everything. But yeah. I, de- I definitely feel like you know. Like he's really making a name for himself to at least be like in that same conversation with everybody else. No, I definitely agree. And yeah. like I say, anybody else coming off of finals would say they have 50 points in the closeout game and then just average 35 and 13 with two blocks and still in the half. Yeah. Anybody exactly. else in the next year would be like, okay, yeah, this is his league. It's his time. But like I say, with LeBron, KD, Steph still out there, he does have this. I think if he come back, and I ain't necessarily win a championship or MVP, but he just do keep duplicating those same numbers, 28 and 12. Yeah. I think we're going to have to start putting him in that top two. Lines. So he's gonna, he's gonna out, I don't know, but yeah. we're going to start putting him up there. Honestly. But like Jalen Rose, he famously like to say, you know, he is king, Giannis is king of the hill right now. They won the championship. He was finally 50 points in that fight, closeout game. And I think they found – it, it's, it's crazy to find stuff in your game so late in the season, but I think they found some stuff in Giannis in the playoffs. Just how he started playing in the post more. Some yeah, he he played more of a natural power forward. They they took him off the ball a little more as they started to really trust Drew in the playoffs, even through some of Drew's inconsistencies offensively. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I I agree with what you're saying. Too. 
I agree. And, and, and like another, another, I'm sorry, sorry not to cut you off, but I mean, another, right. another thing that I really like about Giannis too, is that, you know, he understands his weaknesses and he, he at least tries to get better. Like everybody knows that he's not really a really great perimeter score, but here's the thing, like, like, even like, even like in the Brooklyn series and in the um, Phoenix series, like, you know what I'm saying? He really showed you that, you know what I'm saying? Like if you leave Mo, he's going to at least take that shot. Like, as long as he may not, he may not make it most of the time, but I mean, he, he's at least going to shoot if he's, he's at least going to shoot it if you dare him to. And even like, you know, him, him with the free throws as well. I mean, I mean, I, I know, I know what, I mean, we obviously know about, you know, how the crowd, like, you know, counts down to like 10, like one, two, three, four, five, and everything. Like, honestly, I mean, I don't know what it is, but like Giannis just shows that you know what I'm saying. Like, he has no fear in anything that he does. Like, you know what I'm saying. He's going to attack. He's going to always, you know, look to look to get the best of you. Yeah. And he's really going to like, you know, try to try to figure out ways to win. So I think that I think that's that's definitely something that I really like about Giannis. No, nah, for sure. Like, so he did, he didn't let that that free throw countdown get at him. Honestly, I seen better. him. Yeah, he got better. Like, I know Fresh was saying that throughout the whole, you know, when they was doing it, went against Brooklyn, Atlanta, and Phoenix. Like, his free throw percentage. His free throw making got better, not necessarily his percentage wise, but yeah, but he, he, was he was definitely making more free throws. It's, it's like hearing them count, especially when he would catch it on ten. It's like, oh yeah, y'all counting for me. I'm good. So he, he definitely got a rhythm. Oh, sure. Coming to of course, we're coming to another year where it's not necessarily a COVID year, but we still got some COVID restrictions. And it's been players, there's been a few players who, you know, saying they're not gonna get the vaccine, or if they do get it or they don't get it, they're not gonna tell you. I know Andrew Wiggins came back and um got his got vaccinated. I'm not hundred percent sure on Bradley Bill, even though I've heard he hasn't got vaccinated. But the one player who everybody seems gonna talk about, they're always gonna talk about this player is Kyrie Irving for no matter how great of a basketball player he is, everything he says kind of gets micro constructed, I guess, where they dig deep and try to figure out. I know Steve Nash is already you know, publicly he has his back. He said, you know, we just gonna play those games without him. You know, when he's here. <laughs> but I know Fresh doesn't really I think we talked about it once. I don't I don't think you said it would be too big of a distraction. But coming to a year where the Nets they filled out their roster perfectly, if you ask me, getting Patty Mills as a backup, drafting Cam Thomas, bringing in Paul Millsap, getting Lamarcus Aldridge back. It was Jeff Green is going to hurt. But yeah. do you think Kyrie not being there every you know every game is going to kind of hurt Brooklyn's championship uh, championship expectations? I think I think if you have the rest of the roster like fully healthy like KD Harden um, Blake Griffin and the rest of those guys, I feel like it wouldn't be a problem. I, and I mean. You even see, like, you know, with KD, like, you know what I'm saying? KD is, KD's kind of like, you know, cordial with him and he's fine with it and everything. So it, it, he doesn't really, he doesn't really seem like, it doesn't seem like it's like a big of an issue to him. But, you know, it's like, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if this is what Kyrie, if this is what Kyrie wants to do, then, then you know, it's what, it's what he wants to do, honestly. So, I mean, I think he understands, you know, the circumstances of everything. I think he understands that, you know, he's not going to play any home games or anything. So if he, if he came to terms with that, then, you know, that's fine with him. And I mean, and if the team's cool with it, that's fine with them as well. So, I mean, when, when you have guys like, you know, KD Harden, you know, and the rest of that team, because I think, I think people don't really understand how good of a team Brooklyn is outside of like those three guys. I think that they'll be perfectly fine. So, I mean, it's not like Kyrie's going to be missing the whole year, you know, he'll still be on the road with them, but you know, I think they'll be fine for like, you know, for those home games. No, for sure. Yeah. The only thing that I said, uh, which has kind of been answered, I thought it was going to be a weird situation. Um, with him not even being able to practice because it's like once you go on the road, if you're not even practicing, where does right. that chemistry come from? But since uh, their practice facility has been cleared as a private entity, mm-hmm. he's able to practice. So that at least lets you build with your teammates and uh, kind of bring that chemistry back for the road game. Exactly. And I, and I mean, the thing about it is that, like, I don't even think he's really trying to, like, cause a distraction or everything. I think it's really just the media and everything. Because, I mean, I, I even saw a video earlier of um, of him practicing with his team. And, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not like, you know, he's not like, you know, F COVID or anything. I mean, he was, he was, he was, 
mask. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he was still wearing a mask. I mean, he was he was still safe out there. I, th- I just feel like, you know, of course, I mean, I think it's because it's Kyrie. You know, everybody's just going to blow everything out of proportion. But, I mean, it, it, it is kind of crazy to me how, like, Kyrie takes all the heat. But then, again, it's kind of like what you mentioned. Like, you still got guys like Bradley Beal, who hasn't gotten a vaccine. Jonathan Isaac, who hasn't gotten it. Um, I think Michael Porter Jr. hasn't gotten it either. So, it's like, you know, it's just so crazy how, like – there are still other players that, you know, that have basically said that, you know, they're not going to get it. But at the end of the day, you know, like all the focus is on one guy, which is Kyrie. And and those, some of those other players like Michael Porter in particular has like been real open with saying, I'm not getting it. While Kyrie exactly. is like, we're going to make that decision on our own. I don't want to talk about it. So he's keeping it to himself while MPJ is just like, I ain't doing this. <laughs> and they're like, all right, we're not going to worry about you. We just going to go to Kyrie. Right. So that's they want Kyrie to talk and Kyrie don't want to talk to him. Yeah, that's a good. fact. Like I said, I think Kyrie is one of those players. He's, I don't, you know, his off-court life is his off-court life. Uh-huh. I know Fred said, he said he's not getting the vaccine. He's, you know, that's what he's going to stick to. And I do respect that about Kyrie. Once he said, unless you give, present him with something to make him change his mind, he's not going to change his mind. And knowing his teammates and his coach have his back, I think it's the most important thing because, of course, there was a trade room was out there. You know, he get traded, he might retire. Do you think there was ever a chance Kyrie was going to get traded, honestly? I doubt it, honestly. I mean, I, I think, I think, I think Brooklyn would be dumb, dumb, and to even like do that. Honestly, I mean, I, I know, I know, Stephen A was kind of like reporting, like you know, that they were going to have it or that or it was going to happen, but then Katie had like said no about it. I, I don't think, I don't think Sean Marks and those guys are going to trade. I think, I think they understand like what Kyrie is because at the end of the day, I mean, even though Kyrie's not going to play all those home games, here's the thing: like when they're on the road together, best believe Kyrie's going to put on a show and Kyrie's going to at least drop like 20, 25 points. So you know, I get that. You know, I get that he's not going to be available for like for like the entire season. But, but for the games that he will be available, he is definitely going to put on a show. So that's one thing that's always stood out, stood out, stood out to me about Kyrie. Is that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, even with, like, you know, the media and everything always getting at him, like, you know what I'm saying? He's always going to at least show up and show up to work and, you know, really, really put on a performance when he needs to. So, honestly, I feel I feel, I feel like it would be dumb if, if if the Nets ever even consider trading Kyrie. Do, do, do the Nets concede the one seed so you can guarantee Kyrie plays in game seven? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. That's tough, honestly. That's tough, honestly, man. I, I don't. I don't, I, I don't. I don't know how that's gonna work, man. I mean, that's tough. Right. I, I was even thinking about that, like you know, what I'm saying over the weekend, like let's say for instance, like you know, it's a finals game, and you know, what I'm saying like you got like all your home games. I mean, obviously home court advantage is tough, so it's like you know, what I'm saying like you you're gonna want your best guys out there. So it's like I wonder how they're really gonna make that work, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see, like you know, as the playoffs come around. Yeah, I seen somebody saying uh, he might wait to the second half when they have you know. When it's more figured out, maybe we can start allowing, you know, some certain things and one of those things might he be able to play. He might be able to play after, you know, once we get it all figured out, which I kind of think that's what he is going to wait on because either he's mm-hmm. going to be able to play or he's not. And I don't think, you know, I don't think he'll care. Yeah, just like how the practice thing worked itself out. He didn't say nothing about it because obviously they're going through the channels that they need to go to to get it done. And I honestly think like a certain percentage of the league, because this is a, a, a state rule, Honestly, it's not a league rule. The NBA, because of the player uh, player association agreement, can't force players to be vaccinated right, right. Yeah. or whatever. But I really think they're just waiting on some more info to come out, and then he just as more people get vaccinated, he I think he'll be clear to play. Because I, I I agree with you, Nick. I don't think he's gonna get vaccinated. I think it goes against. I mean, I don't know him personally, so but you know, just hearing some of the things he said, I don't, I don't think it aligns with his beliefs to do it. And you know, everybody's throwing out there, oh, you wouldn't do this for a certain amount of money, but a lot of people are not willing to cross their beliefs for money, especially when you've already made a hundred million dollars anyway. <laughs> right. So that's true. Nah, yeah, that don't even matter. Yeah. Coming to the season, we've seen the Lakers kind of go, I guess we could say go all in on the championship this year. I thought you were gonna say go old. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, <laughs> 
I'm not going to up there. I don't really. I know sometimes age is a factor, which it is, but I feel like they have players that are older that plays through a lot of injuries or play hurt. Westbrook is going to play hurt until you tell him he can't. Carmelo coming off the bench, he's going he's gonna to sit out enough to where he's not going to worry about injuries. He hasn't really been injured since he got to Portland. Trevor Reza is hurt right now, but honestly, I'm not going to lie. I didn't see Trevor Reza being a big factor this year. I don't care what anybody says. Honestly, Anthony Davis is the person you worry about being hurt. Westbrook right. isn't mm-hmm. typically hurt. LeBron has been hurt twice since he's been years, with the Lakers, right. which is weird for LeBron, but LeBron typically isn't hurt. Melo is usually there, so I think their guys are right. going to be there. Right. So, just, you know, if we can keep if we can keep injuries out of the factor, do you think the Lakers not necessarily have an easy path to the finals, but do you think they're the front runners for the finals coming out of the West right now? Possibly so. I mean, considering, you know, how they look on paper, you know, obviously when you have Westbrook, LeBron, AD, you know, Melo and the rest of those guys, I mean, of course, I mean, the Lakers are always going to be favored, but the West is going to be really tough. I feel like Denver is going to be in a conversation. I think Phoenix, I think Phoenix is going to come back with the answer. I don't know if Phoenix will make the finals again, but I feel like they're definitely going to make a deep um, playoff run themselves. Um <laughs> Even honestly, the Clippers, I think, I mean, a lot of people, I know the Clippers don't have quality, but I, I feel like, I feel like they can make like a small run or something like that. So to me, to me with the Lakers, I think, I think this is a year where I think we see AD being an um, MVP conversation. Just because I feel like, I feel like he's going to be prioritized as the number one option this year. Cause in my opinion, I don't think LeBron's really even going to play that many games this year. I think he's going to really be a third option with the team, considering that, you know, it is year 19. So he, he's really going to take most of the season off to really like fully prepare for the playoffs. And then of course, you know, you still got Westbrook and those guys. So I think, I think AD is going to have to like really be the driving force of this team going forward. So I mean, it's really going to be up to him. Like if he can dominate and really lead the charge for this team, I feel like the Lakers, I feel like the Lakers will really have a good year. That, that, you know, that will help them win that championship. AD was able to step up and hold everything down, kind of be their best player. And then they got in the finals and LeBron took them home. So that's a fact. And like I said, you said Phoenix who did make a finals run last year, not winning it. They've already on record saying they're not gonna extend DeAndre Aiden right now, which just means they'll probably extend him next year. Do you think Phoenix is gonna kind of let that linger? I know Chris Paul's in the locker room, and you got veterans like Jay Crowder as well, who's gonna kind of temper that. But with young players, do you think DeAndre Aiden, who was coming off a great playoff run as well, looking like he wanted to throw his name into the top five centers, do you think that's gonna distract him and kind of throw Phoenix season off this year? I hope not, honestly. I mean, and, and, and it's crazy though because, like, when the reports that came out earlier this year or like or like earlier this week, I didn't really understand. I was like, I was like, why, why in the world would you not like you know extend DeAndre Aiden, especially after like a pretty good playoffs that he had? So I think I think when you have like veterans like Chris Paul, you know, Drake Crowder, like you mentioned, like I feel, I feel like those guys are not going to allow Aiden to really like get off of his game. I, feel, I think that you know that they're gonna, I think that they're gonna really like sit him down, like, you know, really help him get focused and like mm-hmm. try to hopefully have a pretty good year. Cause I mean, you, you like, honestly, like we saw the effect last year in the playoffs, you know, having Chris Paul on that floor, you know, how DeAndre was really just able to like, you know, really be efficient on the floor. So I, th- I think, I think, th- I think this year will be no different. No, I definitely agree with that. I don't think, you know, like I said, Chris Paul is going to keep him, you know, keep him focused and just knowing that, you know, you can increase that extension as well this year. You know, you play good enough, maybe make an all-star game. I'm not going to say right. he's going to make an all-NBA because over the last couple of years, the center position has gotten kind of loaded in the NBA, but he has he does have a chance to make an all-star game. He honestly has a chance to make an all-NBA because Joel Embiid could miss 50 games this year out of nowhere. Not saying I want him to, but, you know, Joel Embiid does still kind of struggle with his health. 
I think it would just be nice to see a team like Phoenix to have that continued success because I know older people remember from the 90s, even the early 2000s, where they were a consistent playoff team. And they kind of went to that stretch where it was like, how do we put it together to be a playoff team? So I don't mm-hmm. really want to see them go backwards, honestly. It would kind of suck if Phoenix went backwards. Kind of like, kind of like how we said, like you know, with the, um, how we're talking about how crazy it is for like Brooklyn and even think about trading Kyrie, like you know, what I mean? like, it, it would be crazy for Phoenix to not resign Aiden because I mean, I feel like you know, because Aiden's still like I want to say like 23, 24, so he's still a relatively young player. He's really showing signs of like being an All Star talent. I feel like it would be dumb for them to like you know to uh, to not resign because I mean, I, I mean, obviously you know we we already know within like the next like four to five years, Chris Paul will probably retire, but then again, like you'll still have that dynamic duel in Booker. And Aiden right there. So I feel like I feel like I feel like hopefully that, you know, Phoenix Phoenix will resign him after this year. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I, I think in the end, um, I could see Aiden definitely making his first all-star game this year. Um, and that's really just gonna drive his price up. That they they, they don't want him to make that all right. <laughs> yeah, they don't want him to make that all NBA because that one seventy go to two hundred million if he get it. <laughs> so sure. that's a fact. And then you had Utah, who was the other team at the top of the West last year. They basically returned their whole squad, I think, outside of uh, Derek Favors. Do you think Utah mm-hmm. can not necessarily make a championship run, but do you think they can make a run to maybe a conference finals this year, kind of keep that top three seat? I think they still can. I mean, I, 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 like, I still like what Utah has. Like, you know, so I, I really love, like, you know, the fact that, you know, they, they have, like, great ball movement, you know, and they're really able to get others involved. So I definitely like what they have there. I do wish that they had, like, another, like, second elite score alongside Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I, I do understand that, you know, Jordan Clark's – Jordan Clarkson can uh, put the ball in a hole, like Joe Ingles and the rest of those guys, but those guys aren't necessarily like an all-star oh. caliber player. Yeah, exactly. So Utah will still be up there. I mean, obviously, you know, Donovan Mitchell leading the way. Uh, they did sign Rudy Gay as well in the offseason, so I definitely like that. Or, or traded for him, I can't remember, but they do have Rudy Gay this year. So I, I think I think that'll be a good contributing piece. But, you know, considering that it is a tough conference, I, I think Utah will be up there, but I don't know about being the um, number one seed again. No, definitely. I know um, Donovan Mitchell just got done telling the story about when Rudy Gay first signed about he was telling Rudy Gay how he always, no matter what team Rudy Gay was on, that's who he was picking. And Rudy Gay was like, there's no way he can be this old that he's playing. Mm-hmm. His teammates played with him on 2K and NBA Live. And I think that's just, you know, that's what sports is, especially basketball. You get to see that where maybe you did play with your favorite player on the game, now he's your teammate. I just think that's, that's a cool part of a lot of players' stories, honestly. And I think Rudy Gay can help take them to the next level. Like I said, just as a bigger wing forward combo now, like him and Jordan Clarkson off that bench with Joe Ingles is going to be – that's going to be a good combination on a lot of nights, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you on that. <laughs> See, that's uh, a fact. Um, but, I, but, yeah, I definitely agree with Rudy on that. I wanted to ask you uh, – we kind of had this conversation uh, on a previous show we did uh, – on Saturday, who do you who are you looking at as maybe potential first time All Stars this year? Mm. Um, there's a few guys. I'm hoping Shea Gilgis Alexander gets up there. Well, I mean, it really depends on what 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 kind of a year um, OKC has. Because I mean, I think last year he averaged like around 23, 24 games. So I, th- I definitely feel like he's going to elevate going into this year. Um, De'Aaron Fox, in my opinion, who's continued to just be underrated. Um, man, honestly, I mean, there's a lot of guys honestly that can make it. Um, hope maybe John Morant. Yeah. yeah, I like John Moran. might actually have like the better like chance of actually making it out of those two, in my opinion. Um, yeah. No, yeah, I agree with that. Honestly, I mean, I, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, that, uh, it's honestly like th- there's a lot of guys that also can't make it. So, if I had to choose, it might be like somewhere between those three guys. 
Yeah, okay. I think those have been the three like mainstays for most people if we're gonna be a first time all star. See De'Aaron Fox coming off a twenty five and seven year, mm-hmm. Shay between like twenty one, twenty three with six, seven assists. John Morant the same between that nineteen, twenty one. Also helped leading his team to the playoffs, which we know that helps with as far as voting go because they see your team winning, you putting them in position to win. Right. I know you big, you know you big time when it comes to you know scout rookies and you know incoming draft picks. Of all the players this year, I know you liked a lot of them. I know Kaminga was one of those players you liked a lot. Which rookie do you think really has a chance to help contribute to a team this year? Scotty Barnes, only because I feel like Toronto. I, th- I think Toronto's going to come back really strong this year, and I feel like Scotty's going to play a huge role, just being able to be an elite defender and also like a great playmaker. We obviously know that you know he he's kind of like Giannis, and the shooting is not there, but he's really good on the attack. So I think that I think that'll definitely be a plus. And plus, I think Toronto will be a really good team this year. I mean, they still got Pascal, they still got Van Vliet, uh, OG Ananobi, and you know the rest of those guys. So you know, if I, I think if healthy, the uh, the Raptors will possibly be in playoff contention, and I, and I feel like Scotty will probably play like a huge role. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to ask you, year two of LaMelo, what are you expecting out of LaMelo? He kind of took the lead. By Obviously, a lot of people liked him. Then you had the people who didn't like him, whether it was for his dad, uh, the shooting percentages, style of play, style of play the, whatever. There's a lot of reasons for people to hate on LaMelo had their issues with him. But he came in and he you know, he showed that he's a, he's a hooper for real. And uh, yeah. he won Ricky of the year. I thought I thought that my guy Anthony Edwards should have got it after he got hurt. But LaMelo definitely deserved it. What do you uh, expect out of LaMelo this year? And Charlotte, period. You know? Yeah. Honestly, when I think about it, I mean, honestly, LaMelo could probably possibly be in that conversation as well as for some all-star too. But I definitely expect, you know, um, a good season out of Lamelo. I'm not sure about like numbers. Why? Well, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know like, the exact numbers that he'll average, but I definitely expect him to really be the driving force. And Charlotte has a really solid team. Honestly, I mean, I know they. Uh, I know they got rid of. Um, what's the guy's name? They went to New Orleans. Uh, Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham. So I mean, I think I think I think that that was definitely a, um, a loss for them. But I mean, they, they still got guys like Rozier, Miles Bridges. Um, you know, and a few other guys as well. They just they just uh, drafted James Bootnight as well. So I think I think as long as the Melo ball continues like to really run the charge, because honestly, like Charlotte's probably like one of the mo- one of the more exciting teams whenever they whenever they're running on the break. So I feel like you know if they if they can push that fast pace, you know, especially with you know Lamelo re- Lamelo uh, leading the way, I think that they could be a playing team. Because honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I, I definitely thought that they were gonna make the playoffs last year, but you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, they got blown up by, by Indiana and. In um, in that playing game. Yeah, I think LaMelo and Gordon kind of getting hurt, kind of mess with their their playoff chances. But I do sure. feel all that that you're saying. Not for sure. Zion Williamson, because I know he's been one of those players that I only think at this point anybody hates Zion. They just hate the situation that he's in. But everybody seems to be really on the Zion train, becoming a fan of him. He's definitely one of the most excited players in the league. But being one of the you know one of the most exciting, entertaining players, he also has the numbers to back up. I don't know fresh loves to say it. Like going yeah, 20, yeah. twenty-seven on <laughs> on a hundred percent shooting from the field. <laughs> but that's crazy. <laughs> Did you? I know we all had different expectations for Zion. Some people just saw, him, you know, that thought the athletic, you know, athleticism was going to carry him. Some people didn't think that he was going to have a well-rounded enough game to, you know, thrive and succeed in the NBA. But do you think Zion has basically exceeded most expectations up to this point in the league? Just about. I mean, I, I know a lot of people may think differently just because, you know, obviously New Orleans is really not a playoff team or anything, but, you know, I mean, the one thing that I always said about Zion is that, you know, if he can stay healthy, he can be like, you know, 
like a star in this league. And I mean, and, and he's really shown that because I mean, obviously, I mean, we, we know that he missed like a good portion of, of his rookie year, but within like that small, that small portion that he did play in his rookie year, he was really dominating. Honestly, a lot of people were, a lot of people were calling him the, the rookie of the year over, um, yeah. over John Morant. I mean, even though, yeah. even though I um, disagree with that, I mean, but then again, I was like, you know, when you look at Zion, just, you know, averaging like the numbers that he's doing and then just being able to like be like a showstopper, I think that's just remarkable. So I know a lot of people still have it, still have their concerns, like, like, you know, as far as injuries and, may, and possibly like, you know, so he may be too heavy, but obviously that's not really showing, obviously that's not really slowing him down because I mean, Zion's still very mobile, you know, so he's able to run, he's able to run the floor. He's able to like, you know, handle the rock. So he does have like some little things in his game that he can improve upon, but I think, I think going forward, Zion will, Zion will continue to be a star in his league. No, nah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. And when you have a player like that in a city like New Orleans where it's going to be tough to attract free agents down there, do you think Zion has that, like that, you know, I don't know what's, I don't can't think of the word right now, but he has that it factor that could, maybe if New Orleans sneak, sneak into the playoffs this year, he could kind of convince or they can convince other players to come play with him. Because I know Fred says that why you got Zion, you have to capitalize on his prime, especially his athletic prime. You think Zion could be one of those type of players that's like, yo, I'm going to play with Zion? He can be, but I think I think with the front office, they really need to focus on building like the best roster around him now. I mean, I'm not talking about as far as like all star caliber players, but really like great role players around him. Because I mean, he still has guys like Brandon Ingram. You know, they just traded for um Jonas Valanciunas, and I mean, and they still got a few other guys as well. So, I think possibly if they can just build like a solid playoff team around them, like you know where they can at least make or they can at least be like a six, seven, eight seed within like the next few years, then maybe I could see it happening. Because I mean, it's kind of like you said. I mean, New Orleans is really like a small, a small market area, so you know a lot of a lot of players are not going to want go there. I mean, we, we saw with AD when he was out there, nobody really wanted to, you know, go join force with AD. Yeah. So, you know, it's really up to, you know, the front office is really building like an actual team around them and really making um, New Orleans like, you know, a, um, a favorite destination for it though. So if they could possibly like, you know, become a playoff contender with the next few years, then, maybe, then they might be able to like get an all-star to join them. No, for sure. I definitely agree with that. And New Orleans is one of them cities. I understand why you don't want to go play in New Orleans. But if I had seen a player like Zion and Brandon and Brandon Ingram, excuse me, who's also a 25 point per game All Star player so his far in his career, I would consider it. I can see why maybe you wouldn't go down there. But just the city and playing with those two players, I definitely think they could if they do start winning. Like you said, I think it is up to David Griffin or if there's anybody else in that front office just to kind of start putting those pieces in place. Because I like the Valanciunas move. I don't know if Valanciunas is the style of center you need next to Zion. Though honestly, yeah, I agree with y'all on that. Well, I mean, well, it's tough though because I mean, I felt like I felt like Zion and Steven Adams just didn't really work work that yeah, well yeah. for some reason to me. So I feel like maybe with Valentine's with Valentine's being so versatile, so I mean, he's able to score inside and out. I feel like that could possibly like you know open up the open up the lane for Zion because I mean, we always know Zion loves to attack. So I feel like you know with Valentine's um, outside shooting, I, feel, I think that I think that, that I think that could work alongside Zion. Yeah, all right, Nick. We've been talking about it for a while, and we got to bring it up. We got you. We got you here with us. So, of course, the Hoopers Invitational Two on Two. You are the first challenge that we have right now. I don't want to get into your game and what you gonna do on the court. I don't even really. Of course, you think you can win. You're a Hooper. You're a competitor. You know you have a chance to win. But what is it that you think you're gonna bring to the game that we're not gonna be ready for? That kind of. Because I know you like you got a little height on you too. What you about us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm six three. Well, I, I mean, you know, it's tough about me, man. Because I, I ain't gonna lie, I'm, I'm gonna just admit, bro. I mean, compared to me, like about four four years ago, I'm, I'm pretty washed. So I'm not. <laughs> so, I mean, so I'm not gonna lie, like you know, what I'm saying this was me probably about like four or five years ago. I'll, I'll be honest, saying like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna bust your ass. But I mean, you know. <laughs> 
I've seen videos of y'all hooping, so I mean, I, I, def, I definitely respect y'all's game and everything. Uh, so, sure. you know, depending on like, you know, who I can get or to get as far as like this two on two match, because I mean, I feel like, you know, whoever I choose really got to be a hooper. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I, think, I think that we'll have a shot. So, for me, I'm, I'm going to have to get like, you know, at least a few more, a few more like, you know, runs, like, you know what I'm saying? Out the, outside on the court, you know, getting my shots together, getting my cardio together. But, you know, whenever it happens, I'll be ready. Nah, for sure. Like saying, you are definitely the first first in line with that because you were the first one to accept the challenge. We did appreciate. But like I say, Nick, you are a tremendous writer. I know you're always constantly working on things and you always, just as a content creator, I know you always got ideas going on in your head. And like I said, I know you got the um, Forgotten Player series coming up, the HBCU series you want to finish. I want to get into the HBCU series real quick because I think last year that was something that was really brought up heavy, just, you know, HBCU colleges in general, yep. just with everything that was going on. Would you like to see more top recruits, maybe not even necessarily go to the HBC? We see Desi Thumbmaker, um, younger brother, went to Howard last year. I think uh, I don't know where Mikey's going to commit to, but I know he got some. He got, he got some, some HBCUs on there as well. But would you like to see some of these top recruits maybe give more consideration to these HBCU colleges? Honestly, definitely. And, and to, be, to be honest, I, I, I honestly thought that, you know, guys like Imani and others, I felt like, you know, especially after, you know, everything happened last year, like, with, you know, with the whole Black Lives Matter and everything, obviously, you know, HBCU team um, schools were, you know, were at the top. I, I honestly thought that this year, like, you know, a lot of those guys like Imani and like the rest of like those other five star recruits would have been like really pushing towards like, you know, the HBCU. But, you know, unfortunately it didn't happen. But, you know, I mean. If you know him, uh, Master P's son actually just committed to um, Tennessee State, Hersey Miller. So I, th- I think I think I think that's a pretty good plus. So I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it's always tough though. I mean, because it's, like, it's kind of like you know, I, I say it all the time. Like you know, saying like whenever when like when you're a young hooper, like you know, so you watch these teams like UCLA, Duke, um, Gonzaga, Kentucky. Like so, you know, what I'm saying you watch a lot of these D1 schools. You know, be a part of Marsh Madness and everything, and and you picture yourself being a part of that one day. So, I mean, so it's like, you know, I can't really blame a lot of these kids for like, you know, wanting to like join these, um, join these bigger programs. But in my opinion, I would love to see like, you know, a lot of, a lot of like, you know, these five-star recruits be able to at least pursue more of HBCU. Cause I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I, I know, I know they don't get like a lot of clout, but it's like, you know, like a lot of, like there's a lot of talent at, at, uh, at these HBCU schools. I mean, I, I did it, you know, with my series and everything with, um, Anthony Tark and the rest of those guys. So, I mean, there's a lot of talent, but, you know, they just don't get recognized because, you know, they're kind of like, you know, lower tier schools. Nah, yeah, sure. I definitely agree with you on that. I'm HBC representative myself. Shout out to Morgan State. That's where I went to school at. Uh, so, uh, we and we, we got to make the tournament my freshman year. We played Oklahoma when they had this guy. He went number one, Blake Griffin. So, <laughs> nobody, oh, dang. Nobody, nobody important. But, <laughs> but no, I, I, definitely, I definitely agree with that. Um, like we do grow up and we do see these bigger schools, even if it's just a school in our backyard. I know for us, Georgia, Georgia Tech to another state, Georgia State. I know you're from Florida, so you Florida, Florida State, Miami. Uh, you see all those schools and automatically those are the schools you want to go to. You see the big endorsement, Nike, Adidas, patches on, like say March Madness, TV deals and all this. But I think it will be – I think exposure comes to if you can hoop or not, honestly. When it comes – football is a little different because they will go find you. But I think with basketball, as long as you can hoop, you can get that exposure. And it's just about getting that chance to get there and get into those draft workouts. And I don't think players really un- – I don't think most young players really understand that. It's just about getting to the draft workouts and showing that even – especially in the one-on-one and team stuff, like, yo, these dudes not better than me for real. And I just think somebody really needs to st- – like not need to my bad, but I would like somebody to just take that challenge out and say like, yo, I know my school might not be the best school or we might not be the biggest school, but 
just because, you know, he went to UCLA, he not better than me, honestly. And, you know, yeah. I think sometimes it comes down to that as well. Yeah, you go to the right school, though, you put yourself in position and you can make some noise in the tournament. That's all it takes. That's a fact. That's a fact. Um, honestly, I mean, we just saw um, an HBCU team in the tournament. Um, I think it was tennis, or Texas Southern, I think it was. Um, that, that was in the tournament this year. So, I mean, honestly, I mean, depending on how the program goes, I mean, you, you can definitely see them, you know, being able to, like, you know, get into the tournament and really become a contender. But, I mean, we just got to see more of it. So, I'm honestly hoping because I, I think Mikey Williams, I think he's a junior going into this year so i'm hoping because i mean i did hear reports from like you know last year that he is considering going to an hbcu so i'm hoping like a guy like him could possibly like you know being it be able to choose like one of the hbcu teams i feel like i feel like you know when you have a guy like that that ends up choosing an hbcu team the rest of them will possibly you know consider it as well i'm not saying that you know other guys will be able or will will make that decision to go to hbcu but i think they'll definitely consider it a little bit more i think with a player with like mikey's athleticism where he's gonna bring that excitement entertaining entertainment factor it's gonna be hard to look him no matter where he plays at honestly yeah but like i say ryan extraordinaire Dope guy, all in general. I love your music. I love your musical selections. Like every time you're on the timeline talking about music. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, you know what's so crazy, bro? Like I be I begin like so many offers to like do like music podcasts. I don't know why. Cause I mean, honestly, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm like I'm I'm, I'm sure I'm sure I'm like a little. I'm sure I'm younger than y'all. But it's like you know what I'm saying. Like, I, I was I was like five six years old. Like listening to like Jay Z, DMX. So it's like you know what I'm saying. Like I've, I've always like you know liked that part of hip hop. So I've, I've I've honestly gotten offers like do um hip hop podcasts and everything. But I think it's I think the thing about it is that you know I love hip hop so much it's like i don't really want to make it like a job or anything so you know i've always i've always been turning them down not fair on that but uh nick like i say we're gonna we're gonna get you out i know we had joined for quite a while but shout out to you for coming through i know no definitely figure out some ways to work with you and get you on the show but um you want also also i mean also i want to say i mean anytime y'all doing that little um that morning run whenever y'all do i mean just hit me up i might be able to come on Oh, for sure. We definitely, oh, yeah, definitely, we definitely yeah, for sure. We definitely gonna keep that in mind. Then, like I say, Ryan extraordinaire, all around cool guy. Nick, you want to know? Um, want to let the people know what you're working on and where they can find you at? Yeah, definitely. Follow me on Twitter at Nick Andre ATR. You know, as as I mean, as my guys told you right here, I'm very um active on Twitter and everything. You know, basically with NBA Twitter and everything. So basically, um, follow me there. Check out my link tree. Um, I I'm a co-host on a few um podcasts and also you know I'm a writer as well. I got a few series coming out. Obviously, I'm I'm actually working in the middle of a series right now. Um, on some on some international scouting as of right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, the newest piece is going to come out possibly soon. I'm not sure when, but I'm I'm hoping like sometime this week. But you know, obviously next month I'm doing Forgotten Players Part Two. Um. And then going into, I, I ain't gonna lie, I got a lot like, you know, ready for the, you know, possibly next year. So, you know, I got a lot of things coming. So, I, I think, you know, just for everybody who's a fan of me, just look out. No, for sure. We definitely can't let them know what you got going on at one time. Just drop it on them and they're gonna be ready for it. Like, definitely. So, you know, appreciate you coming out here. Fresh, you are. Let them know where they can find us and what we got going on real quick. Yeah, for sure. And just one more time, definitely appreciate you. Uh, appreciate the, the support that you show us. No, and, uh, appreciate you coming. Oh, definitely. On you definitely, definitely try to support everything you do. Uh, but the thing about is, I mean, like, I really respect y'all because, I mean, like, I think it's y'all, it's 265, you know, obviously off the ball as well. I think y'all bring, like, the real purity to the game because I feel like the game has really gone to, like, more of a st- statistical thing now. It's like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, like, you know, statistics are bad, but it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, whenever you're talking about the game, it's kind of like, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to really hear those numbers sometimes. Like, you know what I'm saying? I want to really see, like, the footage and everything. Like I said, I mean, I'm, it's – 